1: is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of dangerous world podcast i uh want to bring an extra episode every week uh depending on the feedback that i get from this new little thing that i wanted to try out uh i always watch videos youtube videos i watch movies and i talk through them constantly imagine that right i uh i can't really just sit quietly through anything that i watch and a lot of people send me really cool videos. And then I kind of stumble upon some cool videos myself. And I want to do a thing. Giving the original content creators credit. Where I go through, you know, 10 to 20. Maybe maximum would be 30 minute long videos. Kind of giving my opinions about the the content. What they are talking about. And then for the Patreon subscribers. Uh, at the end of the episode. I'll kind of add on to that, right? Um, so in this first one. I actually found this really interesting video uh, and I posted about this on Instagram. And the title of the video is "Are DMT entities dangerous. And what did the ancient Egyptians know? This is from, what is this uh, mysterious middle East on YouTube? Uh pretty good sized show. 243,000 subscribers uh, seems to obviously be focused on anomalies and paranormal type things uh, coming out of the middle East. So, I mean, this, this topic, of Egypt and DMTs fits right in. Um I don't know what I'm going to call this. I was kind of thinking like DWP versus the internet, maybe Ryan versus the internet. For now it's going unnamed. But we're going to try and do this um you know every Wednesday or Thursday. So hopefully you'll have four episodes a week coming from the show. I've got more time to put in uh, more content, uh put in more research and uh, chat with y'all, so why not do it? You know, you got the Monday Night Master Debaters a week later on my feed with a little cherry on top, a little additional content on the on the top of those. Obviously, get the live, uh, closest close to live as you can get, more current over there at the Great Deceptions feed. He's the host of the show. Awesome stuff. You know the whole deal there already. Um, then Tuesday, you get the uh, Conspiracy Underground News Team uh news show, right? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. This is gonna be an addition. They're gonna be shorter episodes. And then uh Thursday or Friday, depending on when this is released, you'll get the deep dive, um, which is, you know, really geared towards the Patreon subscribers. You get the whole story there with those deep dives, um longer episodes, usually an hour and a half to two hours. These should probably be an hour or less, depending on, um, you know, what goes on. Obviously, me describing it's not shortening it up any. But, uh, yeah, let's just roll right into it. I mean, I'm going to share my screen here. The video I'm thinking will be available for people on Patreon. Still kind of figuring out exactly how I want to do this here. So I'm going to be sharing my screen so that people that want to see what I am watching and what I'm doing here uh, are able to see that on Patreon. Patreon. So getting right into it. Again, are DMT entities dangerous and what did the ancient Egyptians know? This was incredibly interesting to me. So um hoping that you uh, you know, get something out of this yourself. And um let's just get into it here. And I've got some notes of some things that I wanted to talk about, and then at the end, I'm gonna tie this into um like near death experiences and things like that, because it seems that DMT is kind of you know, it really is geared towards this. It seems like you almost have a near-death experience when you smoke this stuff, or however you ingest it. And uh, you know, I'm not the—I'm not a psychedelics enthusiast or anything. I've actually been talking a lot about how I feel like psychedelics are being pushed to minds that really aren't ready for this stuff. I don't think that people are meant to have a dying experience or a near-death experience multiple times. And I think that people that have near-death experiences and live to talk about them are actually kind of like selected to go through that, right? Not all people's minds can handle this stuff. So let's roll into it. They start off here by covering their ass, saying that the channel does not endorse the consumption of psychedelic substances in any way, shape, or form. Um, Probably a good move on their part. Um, Let's check it out. Hopefully we can hear this too. What does
0: it mean to you when an entity you've just met? You hardly understand, who is almost analyzing and studying you is saying, Worship me. That's a task, that's an instruction or a command. You know, worship me. What does that mean to you?
1: It's always been my issue with psychedelics, these things that people talk about.
2: Something strange is happening in modern day Egypt that appears to have roots dating back to the thirteenth century BC and it is terrifying authorities. Over the past decade, the governments of North Africa and the Middle East have been battling the illegal distribution of an anomalous substance nicknamed the blue elephant, a plant-based anomaly that reportedly allows users to generate an extra-dimensional gateway from within the brain itself. Similar to the blue lotus, a flower. Pharaoh Akhenaten allegedly smoked to become aware of parallel realities. Egyptian authorities in the 21st century have classified its modern-day variant as a type of dimethyltryptamine, or DMT for short, a substance that they say has a 75% mortality rate.
1: So right away there, that seems to not be 100% accurate. Now, I'm going to switch over to my notes here really quick just to kind of see, because I was seeing that. I was seeing some really interesting stuff when it comes to 75%. I mean, according to medical interpretations, you see Blue Elephant, which this is separate from DMT. This this has DMT properties to it from what I've gathered. But Blue Elephant um, affects your neurohormones and your neurotransmitters. And its effect begins approximately 20 seconds after the use, after you ingest it, and lasts for three to four hours or so. And it causes severe auditory and visual hallucinations. And the person imagines being in other places sometimes. Now, this 70% thing, I don't understand exactly where they get the 70 to 75% death rate. Um, By all accounts, that is not factual. It makes you wonder what they're putting in this, right? They say that this blue elephant pill committed, uh, when when people take this stuff, they commit suicide often. Uh, They'll suffer from sudden death. Sounds like they're taking the vaccine. Um, They'll have serious health problems uh, that almost kill them, like heart issues, um, while 25% of those who survived these things had some serious psychological and neurological diseases afterwards. So this is not pure DMT that they're referring to here, but nonetheless, it is incredibly interesting. So let's get back to it here.
2: A Cairo-based scientific investigation conducted in 2019 detail several case studies where users reported that upon swallowing the plant they were instantly transported to a realm that felt more real than their own had physics completely different from our own and was home to a number of intelligent humanoid entities what are these creatures friend or foe heavenly angels or malicious spirits? and did the ancient Egyptians know something about the nature of reality that deserves to be kept hidden from modern minds
1: i've said this many times i think that if entities are engaging with you in any way under any kind of like narcotics or any kind of hallucinogens or any chemicals i don't think that they're going to be positive entities i think that this is uh you know the way that uh the, the old pastor that would come on the show pastor sam Honold, for those that remember he said like even marijuana is an illegal way spiritually illegal way to access this spiritual realm. So why would positive entities approach you if you're on the influence of, of the stuff, right? Or under the influence of it, rather. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, again, I haven't felt this feeling. I haven't in, engaged with these entities at all. Um, and, and, and widely, everyone that says that that they have, it's a positive experience. I've said it many times, when things are going after your soul, evil entities are going after your soul, They're not going to lead with, you're going to be fucked in fire for eternity. They are leading with, we'll give you everything that you ever wanted. You'll know everything. It's all positive stuff. So it's incredibly interesting here that this is just a widely accepted quote-unquote fact when using psychedelics.
2: My name is Omar, and in this episode, we will begin examining the research into this deadly anomaly and the truth of the creatures allegedly encountered because of it.
1: scenery here. The mysterious Middle East. Again, shout out to these guys. Interesting stuff.
2: In January 2019, security services launched an investigation into the mysterious passing of a six-year-old Egyptian girl named Camellia. Unfortunately, what at first appeared to be just another tragic story of a child accidentally swallowing her parents' medicine, turned out to be part of a wider problem concerning a pill nicknamed the blue elephant.
1: Now, I don't know if this is the same uh, situation that I came across here, researching a little bit on the side of this, uh, where a pharmacist in the nose, ha area of Egypt uh, killed her daughter by putting the blue elephant pill for her in a glass of juice, supposedly trying to dose her. And she reportedly killed her daughter because of boredom, supposedly. Um, I guess, boredom of her life in general. Now, does that particular strain of DMT or, or whatever they add into this so-called blue elephant, uh, which really did take Egypt by storm. It seems like there's a horror movie named after it. Um, The, the basically their version of like the FDA and like the drug uh, czars over there, whatever you want to call them. They were, they were really attacking this shit. They did not, want i mean again it took the entire nation by storm it was targeting youth and it was just a big issue it makes you wonder if if this lady killed her daughter allegedly because she was bored is what you see in this realm under the influence of this blue elephant or things like it with dmt included into it is the reality in that world so much more beautiful and so much more interesting that your day-to-day life In the real world here, in our 3D, 4D reality, whatever you want to call it, is it so boring after you see this stuff that it's just nothing matters anymore? I mean, it's interesting to think, but it's kind of, you know, what what logic would tell you here. If someone's under the influence of this and then they fucking kill their own kid because they're bored... Uh, I mean, that's incredibly strange. And according to the National Poison Center in Egypt, this is what I was referring to there. The blue elephant drug causes both the body and the mind to give positive energy and abnormal physical strength to the abuser. Um, So, yeah, there are some other drugs like this that I'll kind of get into uh, that are rampant in in Egypt. And it sounds like we have some things similar to this in the U.S. and really all over the place. They just go by different names. Some of them are uh, voodoo. And uh, strokes, they're called. Strokes uh, is uh, S-T-R-O-X, not spelled properly. But it's incredibly interesting when you start seeing these things and hearing about them and kind of equating them to, like, experiences that people here in the U.S. have. Uh, one last thing that I'll throw in here is the blue elephant pill causes the body to get out of the mind's control over time, and the abusers lose control of themselves And it tends to uh, do unexpected actions that may push them to commit suicide or kill others. So we see that here in this example that they're listing right off the bat here in uh, the Mysterious Middle East channel.
2: Her mother, reportedly a chemist, was arrested and charged while the health authorities began a nationwide crackdown on the distribution of this substance a substance that has grown in popularity due to the reports of its ability to allow users to access parallel dimensions. But this is not a new practice in this country. During the reign of Pharaoh Akhenaten, it is believed that the recreational habits of the ancient Egyptians included the use of the blue lotus flower. This plant is found in lakes across East Africa, and it is believed by some to enable its users to become aware of parallel timelines and higher spatial dimensions via its psychotropic angle.
1: I thought that this was pretty interesting to Sorry, I stopped that a bit early there. We're going to need some practice here with the space bar. But um, the Blue Lotus used to be kind of rampant all around. And when I say rampant, that probably puts a negative connotation to it. There were man-made lakes in ancient Egypt where they would make these lakes specifically to host the blue lotus flower and now it can't be found hardly anywhere in Egypt. It's kind of interesting. Makes you wonder was this blue lotus specifically a good thing and then they take the blue lotus like you know which you cannot really see much uh hieroglyphs or anything in ancient areas of Egypt, with any kind of ancient architecture or anything, you cannot hardly see anything without one of the hieroglyphics present paying homage to the Blue Lotus. So it seems like they take this Blue Lotus, they create something called the Blue Elephant, and it's the complete opposite, and it has the the opposite effect. Instead of enlightenment, it seems to cause suicide at like an astronomical rate. So it's very interesting to me that you cannot find this pure version of this hardly anywhere in Egypt in modern day ingredients.
2: Today, there are many hieroglyphs that show the importance of this flower in Egyptian culture, including one of the Khenaten holding up the lotus. Although scientists say that its psychotropic effects vary considerably from similar plants, in that it induces lucid dreaming instead of creating vivid hallucinations, the blue lotus is still viewed as a type of DMT.
1: Mm. Some, uh, see, this is from the movie, if you're seeing this. This is from the Blue Elephant movie. Becoming famous
2: in 2014 after the box office success of the Egyptian psychological horror film The Blue Elephant and its 2019 sequel, many young adults wanted to know if it was real and does it pose a genuine threat, be it psychological or supernatural. Unlike the claims made famous by Western celebrities such as Joe Rogan and Mike Tyson concerning DMT, Egyptian health officials state that at high doses, its blue elephant variant can cause addiction, violent seizures, comas, and even heart attacks.
1: So it is interesting. Again, I've been talking a lot about Rogan. I haven't mentioned Mike Tyson much. I want to look into him a little more. Um Talented boxer, highly overrated. A lot of people think he's the greatest of all time. He's far from it. He's not a lot of people that are educated in boxing don't even say he's like top five. Um very influential in this whole sphere now and, and heavily adopted. Not only marijuana, which, you know, it, it it can have its issues too, but psychedelics as well. Uh Joe Rogan, I am hundred percent convinced that he's controlled opposition. Uh, But that's another episode for another day. Why are people like this that are meant to look like they're part of the intellectual dark web, as they say themselves, why are they sitting here also pushing something that it seems like the government is slowly getting on board with as well? I just posted something yesterday that you see BC decriminalizing fentanyl, heroin, meth hard hard drugs that seem to have no positive aspects to them they're not known as spiritual drugs but i think it's a slow burn for the end-all be-all which is dmt and lsd and all this shit like this so let's continue here
2: What about its supernatural threats and its alleged ability to allow humans to access higher dimensional spaces?
0: So DMT is an extremely powerful hallucinogenic drug found naturally within the human body as well as in mammals and plants and nature generally. It's notorious for producing entity experiences for those who take the drug. What does this mean? Simply, it means people who take the drug often, if they take high doses, report seeing beings. that exists in another world or exists in this world, but they are not usually able to perceive them. But when they take the drug, they're now able to hear them and interact with them and see them. They report entering a tunnel or something called hyperspace. So they enter this hyperspace tunnel and they'll see impossible 4D geometry. Some say it's a sacred geometry.
1: That one uh, guy they're talking was Khalil uh, Siren. Supposedly a DMT reacher, DMT, UFOs, and magic—the hidden link. I'm not sure if that's a book or what the deal is there, but they're about. I mean, especially in the Middle East, you know, they they really look into um, this thing called the jinn, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. But it is incredibly interesting to think that these are potentially the entities disguised as something else that are interacting with people that are under the influence of, especially this blue elephant stuff here.
0: The space is usually or almost always inhabited by a or many entities. So there's usually one or there's plural entities and these entities interact with the subjects in many various ways. And each interaction, again, it, it varies from person to person and the nature of the entity is also different. These experiences were real. I, people felt like they were real. Uh, people felt like these Experiences were more real than real. They existed, in, but in some real, uh, they existed in some real but different dimension of reality, and continued to exist after the encounter. They received messages or predictions about the future, and those who identified as being atheists, at least over half, I didn't identify as atheists anymore. I.e. they believed that there was some sort of high power out there, and it was the most meaningful experience that most people
1: had experienced it's interesting to think that atheists would start believing in something after taking this drug too Some what are they starting to worship
2: this location
1: oh no i didn't anticipate ads therapy for me i think when the pandemic
2: could simply be our current 3d reality in its truest form others say it could be a higher dimensional plane that existed between our three-dimensional world and the fourth dimension which string theory calls time Within Islam, some have theorized that this place could be a vast pocket dimension called Barzah, a space between spaces, where the souls of both deceased humans and jinn wait for the day of judgment. What this spiritual realm looks like is open to debate. It could be anything from an exact copy of our current world and society to something completely alien and beyond human comprehension similar in appearance to what has been testified by dmt users across the world
1: i tend to believe in the latter there that it's something that our minds can't comprehend rather than something that's just a copy with maybe some other weird more paranormal aspects to it so for the record what what it counts for either way
2: it can still be considered as a higher dimensional reality So before we delve into the 2019 Egyptian case studies concerning individuals who believe that they have traveled there, let's first define exactly what we mean by the term higher dimensional reality using M theory and quantum
3: mechanics.
1: This is key right here, this is very interesting.
3: Our current understanding of reality recognizes that the human race, Lives in a three-dimensional world that is defined as forward and backwards, up and down, on an X-Y scale. The word dimension literally refers to a scale of measurement. With our three-dimensional world, or 3D, governed by a fourth dimension called time, quantum mechanics posits that there could be up to eleven or more different types of dimensions. So our question is: What if each dimension could be home to a specific class of life, such as Jen? With that question in mind, what would a lower 2-dimensional world and its theoretical life forms look like to us using M-theory? Simple. Just look at a photograph. Beings with 3-D capacity, like us humans, would be able to view a flat 2-D world such as a photograph or a TV screen with ease, but beings from a 2-D world would be unable to see what our 3-D world really looks like, essentially making us partially invisible to them. This law of visibility applies to every dimension. No matter what dimension a being is in, they can only see the dimensions below. Now, the
1: the platform that I'm using to do this is Zoom, and so many podcasters and people that have been guests on podcasts, and really everyone at this point, is familiar with Zoom, right? Talking with someone on a screen the way that they say that there may be a little confusing, but it's it's extremely accurate. If you're viewing viewing somebody from a screen and they're viewing you from a screen like this, there are things that are partially invisible to you, right? My hand is right over here, but you can't see it when I move it, right? So there are parts of it that are invisible. And obviously, you don't get like a proper sense of depth when you look through a screen like this. I wouldn't get it if I was talking with someone else here face-to-face or screen-to-screen. It's not the same experience as talking into, uh, talking to somebody face-to-face in person. So I feel that even though we are like three or four-dimensional beings, th- there's debate on that. I tend to think that we're three-dimensional beings, again, being governed by time, that fourth dimension. We're three-dimensional beings, but more and more we're engaging in two-dimensional spaces, right, through Zoom and through cyberspace. That is incredibly interesting to me. Is this lowering your frequency? Is it lowering your vibration or whatever the spiritual freaks out there think? It would sure seem so, right? Um, It would be different to talk like telepathically, which is the goal for like, you know, Neuralink and all this stuff. That would elevate us, although there would be a ton of risks that come with that. Because then the people that control this technology would have ultimate access to everything that we do. But I really like the photograph analogy and how he kind of personifies the photograph to where if that was a living person in that photograph, they would only be able to see a certain aspect of the three dimensional figure looking at them. So incredibly interesting stuff here, but he expands on this, I think, very well.
3: And only partially the next dimension above. Therefore, since humans are only three dimensional beings, we cannot physically see the fourth dimension, which is time. However. A 4D being would be able to view our 3D world and our timeline in its entirety from beginning to end.
1: So the same way that you can skip through the beginning to the end of a DVD or a clip that you're watching on YouTube or the internet, wherever, a fourth dimensional being can do that with our entire reality. That's mind-blowing to think. If there are such a thing as four-dimensional beings, they can view our entire history of our 3D realm the same way that we view a dvd
3: from the creation of the universe until the end of time moving up a step a higher fifth dimensional being will not only be able to see our complete timeline like a fourth dimensional being but they can also see all possible timelines across a multiverse of timelines a sixth dimensional being would be able to see beyond that and a seventh beyond that and so on and so forth so what dimension could the Jin be in Now, since Jinn are somewhat limited by the progress of time, much like us humans, then we can guess that they exist somewhere between the third and the fourth dimension. The Holy Quran portrays Jinn as occupants of a parallel world of spirits. So using M-theory, we can say that they are in essence higher dimensional creatures. Compared to us, that they have the ability to observe our 3D world while remaining invisible to us. The Holy Quran states, Lo, he, the devilish Iblis, Sees you, he and his tribe from whence you see him not. So
1: this is a good time for me to just double check to make sure that I didn't leave anything out here. I know I wanted to talk about uh Jin and everything, so I'm gonna let this video play out actually, and then I will mention some things here, um, just kind of relating to my thoughts after this video is all done. So, um, sorry to pause it there, but we're in the middle of chapters. Then we're heading into chapter three, DMT Entities.
2: Throughout 2019, the Egyptian media began reporting on the experiences. Helen Hansel
1: was able to win any
2: competition she took part in. She was known as the contest queen, because the user claimed to have had with the blue elephant pill. In one study, after about 10 seconds of ingesting it, a man described being transported to another world where his current reality dissolved into what he described as intertwined threads. Here he encountered several intelligent anomalous entities, such as brightly colored peacocks with four eyes and four arms, and beings who took the form of long-gone historical figures.
1: So you know whoever drew Peppa Pig, that freakish little pig that's a kid cartoon, was probably on DMT at some point. A second case study detailed the account of a girl
2: who said that the moment she ingested the anomaly, her environment literally began to peel away like paper from a wall, revealing another world underneath. Here she encountered one of the Djinn Kings, an extremely powerful class of djinn that rules over countless communities of djinn. During this event, the subject experienced mild time dilation, where she claimed that she remained in conversation with this entity for nearly an hour, despite only being under the influence for several minutes. Critics and cynics of the use of DMT or the supernatural experiences associated with it can be categorized into three camps. The first believe that the anomalous effects users report are entirely psychological, they are only hallucinations generated by the mind, devoid of any real paranormal component. The second camp, while believing that the supernatural component is real, the entities users claim to encounter are, for the most part, malevolent djinn. These jinn may pretend to be friendly, but their ultimate goal is to trick humans into worshipping them.
1: Hey, what have I been fucking saying here, right? Now, what do you think? Do you think that these uh you know experiences are all mental or do you think that there is some sort of supernatural uh component to these shared experiences again, psychedelic meaning manifestation of the mind is it programmed into people's brains that take these psychedelics that they're going to see these things, or what about someone that's never heard about these clockwork elves? or the, you know, any of these other entities that people talk about and they happen to see them too. What's really going on here? The third camp, while also believing in the supernatural,
2: does not believe that it can provide access to a dimension where the jinn exists. It only allows us to view our current 3D reality in its full natural form. For example, Mufti Abulith. A controversial, liberal Islamic scholar and expert on Middle Eastern history believes that the substance should be classified as halal, meaning permissible under Islamic law, since it is both a naturally occurring substance that has no addictive qualities, nor does it compromise brain function like alcohol, for example. In fact, because it seemingly sharpens and expands the mind, allowing the user to see way beyond their normal visual range, it can help facilitate a better understanding of God and the nature of his reality. Although he does stop short of saying that this could also be a means to communicate with the jinn, implying that this may not even be possible, He does mention that Islamic intellectuals from the medieval period and earlier, such as the Persian poet Rumi, used these plants to see the true nature of our reality. However, this is a fringe position, with the vast majority of Islamic scholars and researchers speaking against any use of the drug, viewing it as either a potential avenue for jinn possession, or because of the negative psychological effects it can have on the body.
0: What does it mean to you when an entity you've just met, you hardly understand, who is almost analysing and studying you is saying, worship me. That's a task, that's an instruction or a command, you know, worship me, what does that mean to you?
2: According to the researcher Khalil Siren, who has studied for over a decade the supernatural phenomena associated with DMT. The users of these types of substances expose themselves to extradimensional manipulation. His associate, Ahmed Middlepath, states that all of the different avenues that allow humans to access higher dimensions or to see our current dimension in its unfiltered form, such as yoga, ayahuasca, astral projection, and even UFO encounters, are all part of the same phenomena originating from magic and jinn interaction. Doctors who have recorded various entity encounters reported that users quite often meet higher dimensional beings who present themselves in forms that were Egyptian pharaonic or even Sumerian in appearance, with one journalist saying that he met a being that presented itself in the form of the ancient Persian deity Marduk.
1: I tend to believe, and I've said this many times, that when people see those things that are so specific, it's something that's already in their mind. Maybe that those those individuals studied, like Marduk and all these other things, um, or pharaohs, and this is uh, ingrained in them at a very, very young age, right? Um, what I think God looks like is what I have kind of been programmed to think God looks like, and that may be different for you or someone that you're related to or whatever. We all kind of see, or someone on the other side of the world, right? Um it's just it it really is is becoming more and more interesting to me and then in my next episode when i start talking about you know the grateful dead and the role that they played in all this stuff it it's all fascinating to say the very least Uh, i've been trying to use that word less and less but here it is again
2: the point some of these critics make from a religious perspective is that the djinn might change its appearance depending on who encounters it Different cultures may develop different lores and names to describe these entities, exactly. but ultimately they are all variations of the same thing, the jinn. Historians, sociologists, and psychologists have a similar hypothesis, but from a scientific perspective, they state that these beings are essentially Jungian archetypes. Stock monsters created by the human mind that you will find across all societies, regardless of history, race, and background.
1: So the Jungian, uh, referring to Carl Jung, the collective unconscious um, consists of the sum of the instincts and their correlates and their correlates. Um, the architect, I'm assuming, uh, that's kind of cut off there. Just as everybody possesses instincts. So he also possesses a stock of archetypal images. So again, just like I was saying, what do you think God looks like? What do you think evil looks like? What is the most pleasing to you? These djinns, this channel is alleging, are just disguising themselves as that. They're shape-shifting demons that present themselves as something that is approachable um, to you, to, to the individual user.
2: So what scares or amazes us in one culture, will do so in all
1: cultures. The Eye of Horus and the fluoride conspiracy. This is where it gets good and then it's almost- Do you want to quit your job in 2023? Are you f***ing miserable? Do you hate the person you work with and the people you work with and you wonder why- That said,
2: there have been encounters in this higher dimensional realm that goes beyond scientific understanding where users have testified to having been given knowledge of either future events by these entities or current events that they should not have known of themselves. So, if it is not the jinn as the source of this information, then the human mind may be way more complex than we can begin to imagine. One theory suggests that there is a deliberate plan to suppress our brain's ability to perform tasks that can be perceived as quote-unquote superhuman, with the global population being fluoridated since birth. Here, fluoride behaves as a type of suppressant, preventing the unlocking of the pineal gland. Mystics from many different cultures worldwide believe that by opening up our pineal glands, we can access the secrets of the universe. It is believed that some ancient Egyptian societies understood this. In their depiction of the Eye of Horus, a symbol meant to represent health and wellness from beyond our world, its design shows an uncanny resemblance to the part of the brain that encompasses the pineal gland indicating that they knew something about our biology that our scientists are only just learning about now.
1: So that's interesting to me that maybe God had intended for us to have, uh, or the creator, whatever you think it is, the universe, whatever the fuck you believe in. I, I choose to use the word God. Maybe God created us as a human race to all have a universal world brain of some sort. And I think that this kind of information will become more and more apparent to people later in the future. But the problem is the elite of this world, these demon-worshipping fucks of this world that are at the high levels of society, hijacked that idea, found a chemical that could suppress that natural connection to God and the natural connection to each other, and then they want to do it in the metaverse. They want to connect us all through Neuralink and through Starlink and through, again, the metaverse. Right, they want to digitally connect us rather than just us organically connecting to each other. It's very satanic. it's taking an idea or a concept that the Creator had flipping it on its head and then using it in their own way for their own benefit um My guess would be so that we worship the devil instead of God, and these things these gin that this that this guy is alleging are all the things that these people. Uh, could potentially be connecting to without knowing are kind of like taking the place of angels, right? These demons are taking the place of angels in our minds and they approach us in a nice way. So why not, you know, interact with them? Um, If the reality in under the influence of this stuff is so much more vivid and so much more entertaining, why not get involved with these things? If you think that they are positive entities rather than literally evil entities here from what the guy here uh, again is alleging
2: but are we as a global
1: society ready
2: to access such a superpower putting aside the psychological dangers the egyptian media has reported on users of dmt have repeatedly spoken of encountering hundreds and even thousands of strange entities in just one trip We are talking about at least one entire civilization of creatures that might exist just beyond our visual range. and There could be many more, and not all of them may be friendly. The pineal gland may unlock doors to realities beyond our comprehension. But until the risks associated with peeking behind that veil are fully understood by both scientists and parapsychologists alike, Is the global population ready to take that risk unsupervised? What do you think? Comment below, like, and subscribe, and let's discuss.
1: Yeah, incredibly interesting video. Um, They end it here with uh, an unknown quote. Uh, The person who said this is unknown. Psychedelics reflect the user's internal state of mind. If you see demons, it's a reflection of something dark inside of you. If you see angels, then likewise. The machine elves and other entities have been the source for both life affirming guidance and crippling fear. Whether or not they are real is almost irrelevant. What matters is what the subconscious believes. And this is where the real danger is. Um I say that all the time with other more worldly issues, um one that pops into my head right now is when they were showing the like massive field of uh excuse me of uh dead cows recently right Uh, just at the end of last year i think or in the summer of last year a lot of people were saying that was fake those are inflatable cows blah 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 doesn't matter if they're fake cows or not